Hey, good almost morning. Gabe DeArmond here live in the visiting AD suite at the uh, at Memorial Stadium overlooking Furrow Field after a 35-10 to 10 Missouri win over South Dakota. This is PowerMizzou.com postgame live presented all year long by our partners at Yingling. Yingling did a great job helping us out with a fantastic pregame tailgate today. They are presenting sponsors on our postgame show all year long and all of our game day coverage on all 12, 13, 14, however many game days Missouri plays. So uh, Yingling available now in the Show Me State uh, for about a year. We encourage you to check out their products. I might have uh, sampled a little bit before the game today at the tailgate. Encourage you guys to do the same. Uh, so thanks to our friends at Yingling for bringing you guys this show, bringing Gerard Hamilton onto your screen right now. He is in some other room here in the press box uh, FRO. We've got Alex Stenman producing things behind the scenes. He's going to be the one responsible for putting up all your comments and everything throughout the show. So if you make a really smart comment that doesn't get on the screen, uh, we'll have Alex uh, give us his Twitter handle, and you can fully blame him for all of that. Um, but, Gerard, just uh, opening thoughts, man. I'm going to let you go first because I've got one, but uh, but I want you to go first here, kind of just, just first thought on this game. To For, for my story, just to give you all a preview of what it's going to look like, if you thought you were watching a Missouri game from last year on the SEC Network or something, I, I understand. I get it. It looked looked a lot like last year. I mean, Brady Cook started. We saw uh, the penalties started to get out of hand a little bit. We saw Harrison Mevis from Abilene Christian where he missed a couple field goals. Uh, he missed that PAT. Obviously, he you know kind of brought it back with the you know with the retry. But there was just the offense kind of looked a little vanilla, a, a little bland. We we were. Ex expecting fireworks against a defense like this. And you kind of got a couple glimpses, but you didn't – it wasn't taken advantage of like like we thought versus an opponent like this. Yeah. Um, I should have said this at the beginning. Comments, questions, throw them up in, in, the, in the comment section. Uh, we're just getting going, guys. We're going to give our opening thoughts, but we will get to what you guys want to talk about and all that. I have a feeling I know most of what you want to talk about. So two thoughts. First, reaction reacting to what you said, Gerard, I, I mean – what I'm telling people about this game is I didn't see anything tonight that tells me Missouri's a better team than it was last year. That does not mean Missouri isn't a better team than it was last year. I just didn't see proof of that tonight. Um, second thought, I put this on the message board, and it's just real simple. What if Brady Cook is just the best quarterback on this team? Oh, what man. if there's nothing more to this? Oh, man. You know the you – know the board is melting down. You know the board. A lot of the board is going to have a little meltdown. Um, and look, I mean, that's what it looks like. I mean, I in that know. press conference, he just looks so much comp more confident. Yeah, and, and I'm going to write this. There's not a quarterback competition. Had, had Eli Drinkwitz told us on August 1st or on August 27th or even 20 minutes ago, Brady Cook's our starting quarterback. Like nobody's arguing, don't get me wrong, people are arguing, but based on what I've seen and people say, well, well, Sam didn't get a fair chance. You know, when Sam got a fair chance in spring football, when Brady was hurt in fall camp all summer, Sam Horn has had six months to win this job and he didn't do it. It's not about tonight, guys. 
It's about the fact that it is very clear that Eli Drinkwitz thinks Brady Cook is the best quarterback he has on his roster. Now, if you want to argue with that, if you want to say he's not, that's if you want to say, hey, no, Drink's wrong, you're welcome to think that. But, like, it's obvious tonight. Sam Horn did not see the field in the first half. Um, and, and there you see the numbers. I mean, yes, I understand Brady threw 21 passes, Sam threw five. I understand what the yards per pass are. I understand what the quarterback rating says. If you watch that football game, there is not a quarterback competition going on on this team. I, I'm pretty much there with you. I mean, I've been thinking Brady is, he's the you know he's going to be the guy. And you're right, spring. Even though in Horn's defense, he did have that uh that forearm strain, you know, pretty on early on, so he couldn't do nothing. But yeah, that was his opportunity. And I guess, you know, uh, I mean, Brady Cook played with the torn labrum. So I want to give him a little leeway, but then I could, you know, you can kind of say, I mean, Brady Cook toughed out a, a pretty, pretty gruesome injury. So, yeah, he had his chance. Garcia had his chance. And I remember talking to Sam Horn right before fall camp. And the thing he was telling me that in spring camp for him, it was just the mental side of things. He was catching up with it, you know, with that part of the game. And that's something Brady with that year of experience and all that he's been able to, he's already kind of got that down. So it felt like he was playing catch up going into fall camp, despite, you know, you would think, you know, Brady being out with the surgery, he would have that chance. It seemed like he was still playing catch up in spring ball, trying to learn the mental aspect. And by the time Brady got back and got healthy, it was an even competition. I guess everybody started at zero, but Garcia and Horn should have been ahead of him. There was no, mm-hmm. there was no reason why it should have started at a level playing field because obviously that's played into Brady's advantage. We know what he can do, you know, physically, and then on the mental side of things, and it doesn't doesn't help Horn or Garcia that he's a team captain that everybody loves. I mean, Drink ended his press conference by giving him his flowers for playing hurt for coaching. By giving up. him his daughters. Yes, he even <laughs> said that you know I would want some. I would want my daughters when they get older. <laughs> Today, Brady Cook, but yeah, he was just saying like, for for that guy to be coaching up Horn, you know, when he wasn't playing, I, I mean, it's kind of hard. I know a lot of you guys, you know, may not like him, but it's kind of hard in that locker room to dislike Brady Cook. Well, and look, I mean, Brady Cook acted like and talked like a quarterback who is the starting quarterback of this team. I can't say what Sam Horn acts like and talks like because we never talked to him. So I don't know. That's that, that that's not a comparison we can make. Um, but I, I I mean I just asked Brady flat out. I want to thank Pocket Watch for the for the donation and for hanging out with us. He's an Auburn fan, but gives good advice. He I suck at this YouTube thing. Pocket Watch always stops and says, "Hey, hit the like button." So do that. Um, but I, I asked Brady flat out. I said, "Is it fair?" to say that you've had a chip on your shoulder about this thing for the last few months, right? And Brady can answer that any number of ways. And he says, yeah, that's fair. I do have a chip on my shoulder. Our whole team has a chip on my shoulder. He made it about the team. But look, Brady should have a chip on his shoulder because he was the starting quarterback. And last year, everybody wanted the third. And look, I said it too. I thought Sam Horn should have gotten some chances last year. But everybody wanted the third, maybe the fourth string quarterback to play. Brady, all he did was go out there and bust his ass and get better this offseason. So there's two things that can happen when your coach says, we're going to have an open competition. The guy whose job it was can get pissed off and and it can go wrong. Or he can look at it and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip you double birds and I'm going to get better. 
And I think that's what Brady Cook did. What Now, whether he's better or not is going to be proven, but he has put in the work. He has done every single thing Eli Drinkwitz has ever asked him to do. So my point is this. If, you, if Sam Horn had more stars out of high school, if you think Sam Horn has better hair, if you like that he throws the ball faster, if you just want to see number 21 play quarterback, whatever your reason is, you can't pound your keyboard every day for the next four months that Sam Horn should be the starting quarterback. Brady Cook is the starting quarterback. And the only way Brady Cook is losing that job is if he loses it. Because Garcia and Horn had their chance to take it, and they didn't. And now, if Brady plays well enough, he is keeping this job. The only way we see another guy start a game at quarterback is if Brady Cook's playing badly or gets hurt. So I'm seeing some people saying, you know, we didn't get a chance to see Horn. Um, they don't still, you know, uh, carry by that. I'd rather the best QB get the, the most reps. I still don't see it in Cook. Um, and and I get things like that, but not yet. But I'm just saying maybe plant the seed in your mind. Could For you people who just dislike, you know, Cook or you think Horn needs more of a chance, could you ever think that maybe, just maybe, those players are not where they need to be at, that they are actually not better than Brady Cook? Because what I feel like a lot of people are on, and I understand it, is the optimism is you're optimistic about the backup quarterback you haven't really seen play because they can only go up. That's like that's the baseline for everybody. I, they, they're going to be better than this guy we got here, so it can only go up. But some I see some people saying, you know, drink has biases versus cook and stuff like that. I'm going to be honest. From my view, independent of power, I feel like, there's been times where Drink has wanted someone else to play. Like, I feel like that's just me. Like, legitimately every time. He has yeah. tried everything he, he can he, possibly he, try to replace Brady Cook, and Brady yes. hasn't let it happen. Exactly. And, you know, we said when, when they announced the captaincies, you know, that doesn't matter as much, but it helps. It doesn't break anything or, you know, makes, you know, it doesn't make him the starter, but it definitely helps that, you know, he played really well. And, you know, there was a lot of dinking and dunking going on and all that stuff, but he, he made the right reads. I asked him, you know, he said, I didn't really run that much like he did last year. I said, is the game slowing down for you that you're just able to sit in the pocket and make progressions? And first off, he shouted out his offensive line for, for playing, you know, much better than they were a year ago. But he said, yeah, the, I'm I'm reading things better. The experience I've just I've locked in. Basically, I know how to play quarterback a little bit differently from the pocket better. I mean, Drink has tried, and Brady Cook is not letting it happen. I think Drink is starting to just a tad bit kind of let go of that rope and say, all right, maybe I have to just let him have it because he's showing it. And and look, I want to say, like, this is not a Brady Cook love fest. I would, uh, It's not. The offense was fairly pedestrian tonight. I mean, they were up 28-3 at halftime, and everybody was mad at me for being too negative because I said I didn't really see much until the two-minute drive, honestly. Um, so this is not, hey, I think Brady Cook is winning the Heisman or I think Brady Cook is the all-SEC quarterback, anything like that. It's simply he's quite clearly this team's starting quarterback. I, I mean, he just is. And fans love the unknown. They love the guy they haven't seen. You know what coaches love? The guy that they know what they're going to get out of. And he knows what he's going to get out of Brady for the most part. Now, again, if your argument is that's not good enough, the ceiling's not high enough, I'm not going to change your mind. And that's fine. 
The only thing that can change your mind is Brady Cook going out and being a part of winning football games. And we'll see if that happens. But I thought the most telling thing tonight was not Drink's kind of flippant comment at the end of the game, at least from what I heard. I didn't I didn't hear it. I, this is just going on people telling me that, you know, hey, Brady scored 28 points and Sam scored seven. But I thought more telling in his postgame press conference, Gerard, I, I, I think you asked him, about it might not have been you, but somebody asked him about Brady's touchdown pass to Makai Miller and what what happened on that play. And Drinkwood said, "Well, what happened on that play was exactly what what should have happened on uh, uh, on Sam's, Sam's play, play in the fourth yep. quarter." You know, he said he he looked a guy off, had the guy down the middle. That was a beautiful play. Like I don't know whether it was his second read or Brady just looked off the safety off his first read, but that was a very was, nice throw to Makai Miller for a touchdown. That was the best throw I've seen him make in a Missouri uniform. I think. Um, so look, I don't want to spend this whole show talking about quarterbacks. I, I just think. Like we were all any of us in the press box were talking about at halftime was what quarterback competition? Because I don't care what you've said. Everything you did tells me you've already made this decision. I don't think there is a competition. I think this was a, hey, we're going to beat this team. We're going to give Sam a chance to get out there to get game reps. So in case Brady gets hurt and we need to use him, cool. But like, Gerard, what happened? Drink didn't say anything about next week. What happens if it's 17-10 Missouri over Middle Tennessee at halftime next week? Who plays the second half? See, here's the Come on now, he ain't putting Sam Horn in a seven-point game. He's not. Well, 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 here's what I was, I was leaning towards that, but I was about to just say, usually it's a lot of talk when they say this, but I feel like this week it actually means something. He said, we're going to see in practice, basically. Sam Horn is, we thought, you know, Brady would start this game and Sam was automatically going to start the next game. From what I got from it was Sam still needs to earn that starting spot. I'm not just going to give it to him because I said we have a QB battle and it's his turn. No, he's got to earn the right to start next week. And he has to do that during practice. If he does not start, he is not playing in your scenario 17-10. Whoever's going to win or who he thinks can win is playing in that. And T-Rise is asking, did he name QB1? No, here's the closest he came. Sam McDowell asked him, he said, look, the appearance when Brady plays the entire first half is that even though there's a competition, Brady has a leg up. And Drinkwood said, yeah, he has a leg up. That's why he went out there first. So that that that's the first time he's told us there's someone that leads this competition. Now, again, I don't think it is a competition, but if he wants to say it is all year, I don't care. That's fine. Whatever his reasons are, his reasons are. I don't care what he says publicly or says to us. Um, I don't really see a competition. So, all right, we've covered the quarterback stuff. We understand that's the top story all the time. Like Drink even said after his introductory comments, he said, okay, now I'll open it up to the first question, which is how do I evaluate the quarterbacks? And so I, I did what he wanted and I asked him how he evaluated the quarterbacks. Um, but outside of quarterback, like anything stand out to you in this? Cody Schrader had a almost a buck fifty, and I mean, yeah. it's South Dakota. It's not, <clears throat> it's not an SEC defense, but this is exactly what you expect from you know the running backs to do. I mean, you guys see the stat up here. Something that's just eye opening when I look at this is not the one hundred forty eight yards, the seventeen to twenty one, because we're realizing the competition. It's that 0-2 from Harrison Mevis, and I mentioned that earlier. I mean, he, he did this. He missed two field goals versus Abilene Christian. So I don't know if it's FCS teams or – I don't know. I, I, Drink did say one of the, the kicks, the laces weren't – they weren't out. So that's not – Yeah, it was, it was Ray Finkel. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, oh, it's who and his perfect field and you know, extra point streak basically would have got snapped early on if it wasn't for uh, uh offsides that I mean, I didn't see, but I mean, he got called. I, I saw it, but I didn't think oh. it impacted the kick. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So I don't know, Harrison, like. Later down the line, and you guys seen that last year versus Auburn, that can cost you a game. He's got it. He's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. And we talked to him about a couple weeks ago. He said these, you know, the big moments and the big kicks, they're they're not just for him. They're just not about him making the kick. He said he he works with the snapper and the holder to make sure they're all aligned, that they do this all the time and have it right. So he's got to get his unit together. He's got to get himself together. Yeah. And and look, I, I – <clears throat> I don't want to say we're the smartest guys in the room, but Gerard and I stood and watched camp practices when they were kicking field goals and we're going, dude, they don't even block that guy off the edge. Like they oh. just, they don't, they just watch him. Like we watched like three straight days. We're like, they're going to get one of these blocked. And then one day in practice, Chris Abrams drain blocked one. And tonight yeah. that guy came off the other side, but I mean, he's not getting touched. Yeah. They, they're just letting a free rush off the edge. They're going to get one blocked. And, you know, whether that impacted Mevis or not, like that's, that's an issue. Harrison Mevis is now, it, it's now a question mark, right? Two years ago, he was not a question mark. He is now officially, you watch every kick uh, and you don't know what's going to happen. Here's, here are my two things that, that I took out of this game. Number one, and Gerard and I talked about this on the way back from the post-game press conference. I've seen a lot of things out of Luther Burden in, what, 14 games now? Tonight, for the first time, I saw NFL wide receiver out of Luther Burden. And here's what I mean. Last year, Luther Burden was McCole Hardman. Luther Burden was, you're going to run a jet sweep. We're going to get you a little bubble screen. We're going to toss you the ball, and you're just going to make dudes miss. Tonight, Luther Burden was, I'm going to go 40 yards downfield and go up between two defenders and make a catch. And I'm going to take a hit that knocks my head off and I'm going to hang on to the football. He made NFL wide receiver plays for the first time since I've seen him on campus tonight. Like, not NFL athlete, not NFL trickeration guy, NFL wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, when he took that helmet to helmet, because it was helmet to helmet, it wasn't – I didn't see anything where, you know, the helmet brushed up. It looked like it was – Round the crown, and he kind of bounced up, and then he took another couple of licks. I feel like his helmet flew off at least like two or three times. Oh, or yeah, he, he got to get a better chin strap, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he was he, he was he was out there, you know, doing his thing. The offensive line, I'm kind of mixed on. I think it was we, we talked about this throughout the game. The offensive line was, I think it's generally better than last year, but I still feel like there were still some moments where we were saying like. You guys, I don't know if you guys are doing this versus the SEC, though. Like, like there just seems some moments where we're just like, eh. I mean, it's cool tonight because you play who you play. But I don't know. It's a few false starts. There's still holdings. The wide receivers, there was at least two or three wide receivers. I don't know. I think they asked Cody Schrader about blocking on the outside, and he said the wide receivers did good. And I guess – Overall, if you have 148 yards rushing, you think everything is going well. But I felt like the right receivers were struggling, you know, holding up, blocking. Cody Schrader is the type of guy that his center could snap the ball, stand up, escort the defensive tackle into the backfield, 
punch him in the stomach. And if you ask Cody Schrader how his center did on that play, be like, man, he was great. I just didn't do enough. You know, so uh, so that's Cody, man. But but really nice night. Um, no question about it. Here's the other guy that um, we'd heard about him a lot. But mm-hmm. tonight we saw it. Marvin Burks is a guy. Yep. Like he's he's a guy and he's going to play a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been hearing about him, you know, since the spring pretty much. And, and again, I keep saying this because I've been reading the recent articles. Just he was named the backup free safety before camp started. Now, we know all they, they started moving all the safeties around and stuff. So you don't know who's where. But he did play free safety tonight. For all day. When he came down for that sack, he came up from high up, got to the line of scrimmage, a dart, straight to the to the quarterback. Now, Drake, of course, had a little critique for him and said he's got to tomahawk the ball and get the get the uh, strip fumble because, you know, the quarterback was not looking at him. Obviously, that left-hand quarterback is not seeing him. But, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a piece going forward. And it was useful tonight because Jalen Carlisle didn't play. Here's what I liked. And when when you realize sometimes that these are not grown men, man, some of these are still kids. Uh, after Marvin had that sack, I don't know if they showed it on the TV broadcast or it was just the in-house thing, but, like, he came back over to the sideline and, and he was jacked up and he was so excited. And then he looked up and he saw himself on the, on the big screen, on the Jumbotron, and you could kind of tell he did a, hey, that's me, man. You know, uh, he, he kind of liked that. So um, I, I think he's going to be going to really be a guy for this team. I uh, want to take a second. Like, guys, we just went past midnight. It's officially Friday morning. We've got 282 of you absolute lunatics watching live with us here at, at midnight. On I mean, at least Alex producing the show. At least he's getting paid to be here. You guys are choosing for it, man. I, I mean, thank you very much. Uh, it really is. Uh, it really do appreciate you guys all staying up late with us. I know Yingling appreciates it. Yingling's sponsoring all our game day coverage this this year. If there was some yingling in this AD suite, I would probably grab some. There was some at our, our tailgate. I encourage you guys, get a yingling. If you're trying to watch your calories, get a yingling flight. If you're the type of person that's watching our YouTube at 12.01 on a Friday morning, I don't really think you're all that worried about your calories. But whatever. We appreciate it. Get uh, get whatever you want. So I uh, just want to shout, shout out uh, both you guys and them real quick here in the middle of the show. Okay, so we've talked about the good. Okay. I was about to say the same thing. I, I, I'm not encouraged by tonight. I, I just, I don't know any better way to say it. I come out of tonight thinking exactly what you said, which was, why should I believe this team is better than the team last year? I mean, maybe they are, but they didn't do anything that showed it to me tonight. The only defense that they have is that Drake said, uh, Drink said that uh, South Dakota was running a, a three-man front instead of a typical four-man front today. So they have been studying for a certain defense, didn't get that. So they were running a lot of cover, too. You I don't the- care if South Dakota runs an 11-man front. It's South Dakota. I, I know. I Look, I'm there with you. But, I mean, you've seen how they limit Patrick Mahomes with that. And I'm not trying to compare nobody to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying – that that's what the league tried to do for a year, you know, play the cover two or whatever. All right. All right. So what would the NFL opponent equivalent be of South Dakota? Like, like <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the JV team. I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm like not if saying they played also, the Texans practice <laughs> squad. Maybe all I I'm, 
I'm right there with you. I'm just saying that Drink said they was using the cover too, so that kind of shaded stuff over the top. They couldn't really get the things they were looking for deep, so that's why you've seen Brady's checkdowns. Um, and, again, they play who they play, and Brady can only make the throws and the reads that's there. If he can't throw it over the top and he throws an interception, a lot of people are going to be more you know, upset. But I get what you're saying. They have the athletes and all the other stuff that goes with it, and they should still be able to make those plays. Let's address this, because I'm curious about this, carried by dad saying, don't look past the secondary not showing up, guys wide open all day. I mean, there were three or four plays that looked like busted coverages, right? But it's the first game of the year they gave up 10 points. I, I, I'm i not going to – like, guys, I don't think you understand how tough it is to hold anybody without a touchdown for an entire game. Like, yeah, there were, there were two or three plays where it was like clearly some miscommunication, got crossed up, somebody came wide open. I know the touchdown, I mean – that guy was like Kadarius Tony in the Super Bowl open, you know. So, I, and that was on the, that was that was on a short field. I mean, they got the ball, even though it was brought back. They still got the ball, I think, on you know the other side of the field. So it kind of helped a little bit. But yeah, ten points. I, I seen on because I'm looking up. They're showing it right now. It says Missouri gave up the second fewest points in the Drinkwitz era. It's ten points. And I asked somebody earlier who was like. You know, uh, they said something like KD was taking, you know, a few plays off. And that may be true. I mean, I feel like when you're playing a South Dakota and you're up big, there may be points where they low. But do they score a touchdown if they don't get some type of interception that ricochets or whatever? Do they score a touchdown? Because to me, I can only remember one drive besides that where they could where they walked Missouri down. And that's the one they got the field goal. And even then, Missouri made up for it got a tackle for loss, got that forced fumble that resulted in, a, you know, like a field goal from the, the 22 or whatever. I just looked at the box score. South Dakota ran 60 plays. You know how many of them gained at least 10 yards? Four. four. Oh, I get, I'm not looking. I just said a number. You, All right, four. You know, you know how many gained 20 yards? One. I mean – yeah, guys, don't 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 don't, don't be overcritical. Don't it's, be it's not mad. It's not Madden. Like I am all for this game wasn't good enough. This game defensively was good enough. South Dakota had 35 carries for 38 yards. In the first quarter, South Dakota when this game ended, basically, South Dakota ran nine plays for five yards and no first downs. The defense was good enough. And, and yeah, Doty Capital is saying it was dominant in the first half. Second half, they relaxed. Absolutely, they relaxed. Guys, it was 28-3. Like, Versus that's, South that's Dakota. natural. This yeah. is not this is not Madden where you're beating a team 56-3 and you go, oh, man, I really want to hang 90 on them. No, this is, this is college kids going 28-3, bro, this game over, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they may have not cared as much, but um... – I mean, and I get human it. nature. Yeah, you care. You care because you want them to play hard all twelve games and all whatever. But you're up twenty eight to three. I mean, Johnny Walker, you let the team in tackles. I think he had a sack. Was a half sack at the TFL. Uh, I mean, and that was a, a position we everybody had questions about. I mean, the defensive line played really well. They couldn't get nothing, nothing going in the run game. I mean, what what else? You just said they only got, what, four plays of 10-plus yards and one of 20-plus yeah. yards. I mean, what else do you want them to do versus South Dakota in the first week of the season? 
And it, when 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 South Dakota got down and had first and goal on the six, Gerard said, "You got to bet your house on it." Does South Dakota score here? And I said, "Or does South Dakota score a touchdown?" I said, "No." They lost four yards on the next play, and then on the second play, Christian Williams yards. ate the running back, and they lost fourteen yards. When is my guy Christian Williams going to get the the appreciation he deserves? I think he's the best player on this defense. Really. You think he's better think than he Tyron is. Hopper? I think he is. At, at yeah. least once a game, I notice Christian Williams absolutely blowing a play up. So what is Tyron Hopper doing for most of these? Or Chris Abrams James? I don't know. I don't know if I, I go with that. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's cut <laughs> and dry. You can absolutely make an argument for those guys. Um, but I I think Christian Williams has been as good as any player on this defense for 14 games now. I do want to flip to the other side of the ball since we're still talking about the bad. I've said it for a couple weeks, and I, as soon as he made the touchdown, you said, that's my guy. My breakout player of the year is Makai Miller. I've said for a minute it's 3-3A three and three a when it comes to him and Mookie Cooper. Today he showed he should be three. Yes, yes. That's I mean, Mookie had – a reception, what is it, for three yards, five yards, something like that? And Calvin is a rush for three yards. Yeah. And and Makai had, it was like two for 49. Obviously, he had that, that interception that bounced off of him. But, I mean, he was getting open. Both those plays, those plays he made, open. Nobody's, I mean, they're behind him. He's got the hands, and that, I tell Gabe, I said, when he dropped that, uh, that interception or whatever, it's the first time I've ever seen him drop anything. It was bad, but I haven't seen him drop nothing. And Mookie, I just I – And, didn't yes, see yes, Bradley, Miller should have caught that pass. Miller no. should have absolutely caught the pass 100%, but he made he still made plays. When he was out there, I noticed him. If you told me Mookie Cooper was out there, I, I didn't I, I didn't really notice him. Yeah. I, look – I'll be honest, man. I root for Mookie. I did a show with him last spring. He's a super kid. He's got a great personality. He's in year four, and I've never seen it. I've just never seen it. And this is the second straight offseason. We've heard about it, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I, I hope it comes together for him. Um, but but you guys are right. It, it, it hasn't yet. Um you know, uh, so I saw somebody earlier ask how South Dakota was on third down. Um, they were two for 13. So that's two another uh, that's another one in the Mizzou defense's cap. I think you guys are making um, me feel better about the defense because I was asking him, I was just like, I don't know. I just at the end, they kind of low. But when I read the stats and uh, we're having this conversation, game, I'm like, no, I think I was right the first time. The defense, yeah. they played, you know, pretty well. They played very well. And they played very well without a starting linebacker, without a starting safety. They should get better when JC comes back next week, when Chad Bailey comes back, whether that's K-State or Memphis, I don't really know yet. Um, but but things to like there. Um, so, look, you can't put to – they won the game, right? Like, you don't want to kill them. They won the game 35-10. to 10. It was never in doubt that they weren't going to win the game. This effort – how many how many games left on Missouri's schedule do they win if they play this game? Five hundred. 
Oh no, I don't. If they play this game twelve times, I think they're no better than three and nine. Who else they got? I, they've got. They've I think got, they beat Vandy with this. I think they, they maybe beat, Memphis, beat or Middle Tennessee. Uh, I think they maybe beat Middle Tennessee. But if they play this game eleven more times, I think every other team on the schedule beats them. Nah. Now, I don't think they're going to play this game eleven more times. But I, I, even with this, I think they can beat. I think the game is much closer. I think they can beat Memphis. I think they can beat Middle Tennessee. Vandy. I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see Vandy's game last week. I, I didn't. I just. I was not gonna watch that. But I. I don't know. Vandy got to show me to to make me feel anything. But again, it's a goalpost moving type of thing because you say, okay, we're gonna take South Dakota out and put this team in. There's a lot of different things that changes, whether that's right. mentality Kirby or Moore calls or a different game. Blake Baker yeah, calls a different I mean, game. All you can do so much. <clears throat> when we have beat Florida oh. tonight, mm, I didn't see. Oh, 11 to 24. Yeah, Florida. You know, you know when Florida season ended? When they grabbed Graham Mertz as their portal quarterback. That's well, well, when their season ended. 31 of 44 for 333, we, a touchdown and an interception. I want to make sure we get Matt Carroll's comment on the screen because <laughs> we always like to recognize the guys tossing us a, a little super chat and and uh and, and giving us a, like we're never gonna ask you guys for for tips, but we always appreciate it when you do. Uh Will we get to a point where Luther is not returning punts after the, especially after the hard hits he took? I think it's a conversation. Like Gerard and I talked about this in fall camp. I wonder if you don't see him as the season goes on become a little more Tyree Kill punt returner like, which is you ain't going to return every punt, but when we think there's a chance or we need something big, we'll put you back there. But we're going to maybe do it once or twice a game instead of every time. I will say though. Because of how drink works, whoever that other Daniel Blood, Marquise Johnson, they're gonna have to earn that step. Like I don't think he, if he doesn't think they can catch the ball or make the right decisions, he's not gonna try that theory. Like that's just it's just gonna dead it right in the track. So it really depends on you know if he feels comfortable enough for someone else. But when he gets to that spot, I think that that should probably be the move they make. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And and again, Pocket Watch, appreciate you, man. Thanks for hanging out here. I know you're you're waiting for Auburn to play and watch a JG Tate uh, post game show. We're all waiting for that, man. We we all need a J Tate post game show in our life. Uh, I don't know who Auburn has this weekend, but um, like I, I'm trying not to go overly negative in this one because like they won 35-10. They're one and zero, and that has to be recognized. The they were always going to be one and zero. Next week's big, man. I mean, it, it, the Middle Tennessee is – it's not South Dakota. Like, Middle Tennessee can beat Missouri on the right day. South Dakota, it was very clear about six plays in, could not beat Missouri. Middle right. Tennessee can with the right combination of them playing well and Missouri being a little bit off. They they, they can. Uh, they should, gotta see. but they can. They, I mean, it, yeah, MTSU beat Miami last year. Jay Garcia was on that team. I feel like he played quite a bit in that in that game, uh, but I, I could be wrong. But yeah, I mean, they definitely got to step it up. They've got to step it up, and they need to. The stuff we were expecting tonight on offense, we definitely have to see that next week. You definitely like some people were saying, you know, they should put stuff on tape this week and stuff. I can see how you could be conservative a little bit, you know, not trying to show too much, but. Same time, you do got to put stuff on tape so people 
you know, so they know like, all right, they, we can't just limit ourselves to this. They get there. They can do a lot of different things. So they need to, they got to do something else next week. Right. And let's be fair. Like, I don't think they were super aggressive. There was some vanilla tonight, but yeah. you know, still you'd like to see a little bit more. I want to thank Jovan Baxley for, for the, uh, for the, the, the tip, the suit. I don't know what a super sticker is, but I just learned about it on YouTube. So I like those. If they, if they all come with $10, we encourage you guys to all use the super sticker, whatever that might be. But thanks Javon for hanging out with us, man. And, and again, almost 300 people on here. We're now at 1215. We're going to get this thing probably wrapped up here in the next five to 10 minutes. Cause Gerard still got a couple stories, to write. I still got a couple stories to write. Um, and, and we got plenty of stuff coming your way tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I feel like we've we've mostly covered it. We can do a little rapid fire um, with uh, if there's some questions that that uh, Alex wants to throw up or, or comments anything. We can we can do a little rapid fire here for four or five minutes. Um, thoughts on the tight end potential after game one? Well, Tyler Stevens that? caught a pass. He caught two. I feel like I, I want to say was, I remember him catching two. I don't see it on here but let me see tyler stevens two catches 12 yards you are accurate now what did i tell you i was telling gabe during the game you know after he caught his first catch i said he's only 10 receptions they're 10 receptions away from breaking the the receptions you know mark they had last year which was 10 receptions for 102 yards two touchdowns by three players that's bad we did see north fleet out there a little bit we seen harris a little bit um it was it, again, this game looked like last year. I mean, it, I mean, but I wouldn't worry though as much though because it's the first game. They've got to get their legs under them. They they've got to get used to the environment and doing things. So I wouldn't worry about it. But as far as individually, this game, it was the same thing as any of the other games last year. I think I think Norfleet and Harris will be good players. Yeah. Not week one. Will it be this year? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but look, I've seen enough. Like. I would start, they would be my top two tight ends starting next week. And I would just, if that means a mistake or two, I would just live with it. I, I, I'd, I'd honestly be just fine with it. Uh, H880 likes the jet sweeps. I feel like they ran those a lot last year. I remember Dom Lovett losing like 37 yards every time he tried to run one. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it, there's also a question out there is the new OC drink 2.0. Look, to be fair, if you watched this game, I don't think you would know that Missouri had a new offensive coordinator. Like this true. looked like last year's offense to me. Now I'm not, I haven't broken down film. I don't pretend to be Jeff Schwartz who can watch this stuff in real time and break it down or anything. But I, I what I was saying mid second quarter, I started saying, I just feel like your fans wanted a reason to believe that this offense was different and better and they didn't get that tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. And if this offense, if you feel like Drink was basically calling the plays tonight, and he wasn't, but if you felt like Drink was calling the plays, if they scored 35 points, the only thing I can think of is some players got better. Luther got better. Brady Cook got better. O-line, it got better. I'm still – the jury's still out on them for me. But, yeah. you know – you know, you've seen things. The players had to make plays to get those 35 points because last year, the the Missouri's favorite number, we talked about this, I think, around halftime or something, was 17. 
How many times do they end up with 17 points and a win or a loss? So, I mean, if it's just like that, I, some of the players are getting better. But, yeah, they, they've got to open up. Here's my concern. Tonight's really hard to judge because, like, the the 30-yard pass to Luther Burden down the right sideline in the two-minute drill, it worked tonight. I think it's possible an SEC safety cuts him in half on that play because he gets there a second sooner. So what you can't judge is what worked tonight that won't work four weeks from now when it's LSU here or seven weeks from now when it's Tennessee or Arkansas or throw in whoever you want. Um, Like in a game like this, and you talked a little bit earlier about how Drink was talking about they're playing the shell defense and, it can't be that simple, man. Against South Dakota, there should be at least once in each half where you just have a dude running all by himself down the field, either because he's so much better of an athlete than the guy across from him or because you have a an offensive coordinator who has schemed him open like that. And we did not see that tonight. And that's concerning to me because if you can't do that against this team, then how are you going to hit downfield against the Floridas and the Georgia, not even the Georgias, I'll take them out. The Floridas and the Arkansas and the South Carolinas, who they've got dudes running around on that side of the ball. South Dakota ain't got no dudes. Those teams, even the ones that aren't good, they got dudes on the other side that are athletes that can prevent you from doing a lot of what you're doing. And Javon's 100% right, and I would say this, even if it was just a comment without the, without the tip attached, like, I want some shots, and I don't want shots that are interceptions. But, man, that first series where it was pistol handoff, screen pass to Cody Schrader, screen pass to Cody Schrader, short pass to Luther Burden. I wanted to see him take a shot on the first drive, man. Just, I know you don't do things because of what your fans want, but give them something. Yeah, man. I'm, they've got it. They've got it. They got to show something. That's all, that's all I can say, but – Again, there's, there's two sides to every story. I mean, if you want to look at the glass half full, you can say it's better that he doesn't take a shot. You know, Brady doesn't take a shot that's going to be picked because he had a play today where he threw it and it got like it was like a double coverage or something. And we all was kind of like, ooh. And I instantly went back to South Carolina when he threw a pick to it was Mookie Cooper down the field. He was in double coverage. It got intercepted. And some phantom PI got caught on South Carolina and then wiped it away. But it was clearly a bad throw and stuff like that. I'd rather, if I was a Mizzou fan, to just say, okay, he's dinking and dunking. They're getting yards after catch. You know, that's not what you want. But at least he's making the smart decision and it's going through his progressions and just saying what is open. Because he had to play with Nathaniel Pete. It was like third and long or something like that. He just seen him in the flat and let Pete run. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Yep. Uh, I want to wrap it up with this. I've seen a few comments. Uh, you know, I wanted to see this guy play or that guy play. Did they play enough guys? Bottom line, no. It, we were joking. This is the game where when I do snap counts on Sunday morning, I should or on Friday morning, I guess, I should be pissed off because I'm like, God, I got to write this guy down for four snaps and he's never going to play again. And the table's going to be a pain in the ass because I got 800 lines. The starting offensive line played every snap in this game. Everyone, they only played two running backs. We saw Daniel Blood for one snap when Luther Burden's helmet came up. 
We saw Dennis Jackson a little bit. We didn't see Josh uh, Manning. No, they didn't play enough guys. Because if you don't play in this game, the reality is you're probably not playing this season. Because none of them are going to be easier than this one. Yep. yep. And it was it was 28-10 in the fourth quarter. South Dakota had the ball, could have made it a, a 28-17 game. And everybody might say, well, the game wasn't hit. Yes, there was never any danger they were going to lose this game. But this one should have been over way, way sooner than it was over. Um, well, it's, but and- it's a win. I see somebody – I see this question right here, but real quick. I see somebody say they saw Mitchell Walters. I didn't see Mitchell Walters. I see Marcellus Johnson. I didn't see okay. Mitch. I mean, maybe he maybe, was. Maybe I, he I, played. I don't know. I do remember Marcellus had a penalty or two. Um, but, yeah, I, I just yeah. – you know, I know Marcellus came in on the six-man offensive line. Look, I know when Sam Horn was in the game in the fourth quarter, I saw the starting offensive line. Now, maybe there were some changes that I didn't see. So, I, I will admit to being wrong. But, no, not enough guys played is is the bottom line so um look guys we've gone 45 minutes truly appreciate almost 300 of you hanging out with us for the duration here it's almost 12 30 gerard any any parting shots any closing thoughts uh i i'm ready to see something new i, I feel bad for you because you told me when you got when i got this job it's kind of like man i they've just been basically middle of the pack and every year you start thinking uh, they're they're trending a different way, but we start the season and it just feels like 500. I'm not saying that's what they're going to be, but the feeling is just so similar to last year. Yeah, I want to wrap it up similar, kind of related to what we started with. And again, if you want to bang your head into the wall, if you want to break your keyboard in anger that Brady Cook is going to be the starting quarterback, that's fine. I, you do that if you want. I will say this. If you would take a second to listen to the kid and to hear what his teammates think about him and to hear what his coaches say about him. He's exactly the kind of guy you guys say you want representing your school. He's out there coaching up the guy trying to take his job. He's never, all he does is everyone tries to bench him and he just goes and tries to get better. And I understand that the comeback to that is I still don't think he's a good enough player. And that's fine. But if Brady Cook's biggest mistake is not being quite as good a quarterback as you want him to be, hey, man, if he's the best quarterback on the team, get behind him and pull for the kid. You know, if you you want to convince yourselves that the season's over because he's the starting quarterback and they can't win more than six games, you do you. I'm not going to talk you out of it. Um, but it's going to be a long year for you watching him play 12 games. I mean, it just is because, because the kids are the starting quarterback, there ain't no competition. And from what I've seen, he doesn't appear to ever get hurt or come off the field. So I think he's going to be out there. So, yeah. Well guys, appreciate you hanging out with us. One more shout out. I want to to thank Alex for, uh, for hanging out with us and being up late uh, 1230 to produce this thing. And he didn't get his face on the screen here. We're going to change that real quick. Alex, uh, say hi to the crowd, man. Hey. All right. That's Alex. He's running the show behind the scenes. He's going to do it for us post game all year this year. So, uh, so wanted to, wanted to make sure to give him his flowers and uh, thanks to all you guys for hanging out. Thanks to Yingling uh, starting the day. We got over here about three o'clock with a great tailgate. Dennis Gates came by Desiree Reed Francois came by, got to meet a lot of you guys. I don't know if it's, it's guys who are here or, or, or girls who are on this uh, particular show or not, but 
Uh, got to meet a lot of fans. We had a good time. Um, we're going to do this after pretty much every game this year. My travel schedule is going to prevent it once or twice. Uh, but but most games, we will be here talking with you guys afterwards. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We are going to have tons more. You guys are probably going to go to bed, get a yingling, wait for our stories to be up. Mine will take a few minutes. Gerard's might take a little longer because I got to get a little more done during the game than he did. Um, but we'll have plenty tonight, plenty tomorrow morning. We'll see y'all later.